0: welcome to the derby lunch club slash preview uh, thank you to our good friend uh, Kirsty moore for uh, handing us over uh, as we look to preview uh, the game tomorrow against rangers at ibrox i am joined as i always am by alan edgar hello alan hello mate how's it going not too bad
1: how are you sir brilliant absolutely fantastic
0: good stuff uh we're also joined by kieran devlin hello kieran how are you
2: I'm excellent. I've got the Yeah feeling, so very uh, much looking forward to
0: this. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, <laughs> it's funny because when the music's playing, we've got our kind of uh, Zoom window up, and um, Alan was uh, as the song was kind of finishing out. Alan was looking away, and I'm like three seconds, four seconds. Kieran's like grabbing his hair, like look, Alan, look. Just a bit of fun. Just a bit of behind the like, behind the not people like the background, I'll move on uh, we've it's, got, the free it's the Friday <laughs> spirit It's a Friday spirit, we've got lots of <laughs> questions uh, from folk uh, and well, I thank you for them, um, if anyone wants to kind of phone in and chat, 07457 402 992, uh, you can phone in you can whatsapp in, um, if you want to whatsapp, there's plenty of people have whatsapped as questions today, um, that's 07457 402 992, it's in your emails as well so just uh, a wee reminder and you can email us At the cynic, but we've already had lots of emails and stuff, so um, plenty to kind of cover. Um, Just want to quickly start with uh, just some thoughts, maybe, or just um, appreciation of Celtic FC Women yesterday. uh, What was a genuinely fantastic um, uh, turnout from the support at the Celtic end? My goodness, if that gets going, geez louise, uh, just looked absolutely fantastic. Um, the, the buzz and the support for, for the women's team. You know, the, the performance in the first half was really poor, but uh, they really turned it around in the second half. And it was fun to see Fran Alonso talk afterwards on Sky Sports about what he said to them at half time, And he was really quite ag- aggressive in regards to you need to be good enough to play in this trip and stuff. It was really, really good. Uh, Alan, uh, you watched some of it on telly. Um, did you enjoy the, the atmosphere, everything that went with it? Yeah, I had. Um,
1: I, I was jealous, to be honest, the second half. i have only seen the second half. I was out and about. I couldn't make it, which um, I was I was disappointed. I didn't go, to be honest, um, because it looked incredible. The Celtic end, obviously, we've seen mocked up pictures of what it would look like, but last night you've seen what it could be and... Um it was a great trial run. I thought it was exceptional, really good display, and just a really good game of football in the second half. It probably went as well as you could imagine. Um, similar to any other games. The kind of dream is that you face a wee bit of adversity and you actually come back because it makes it even better. Um yeah. so no, it looked brilliant, it looked great in TV, <clears throat> it sounded brilliant, um Celtic were really good the second half, so um I really enjoyed it and played to um to everyone that made uh well more of an effort than me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was uh, you know we met Barry Gallagher. We know Lorenzo was there, and uh, lots of people, um, lots of cynics were there, and it was a real absolute joy to um, just see everyone because we obviously go on a weekly basis and the crowds are a little bit smaller. But um, you know the passion is is always kind of matched. To in your kind of thoughts? Do you think it's something with the Celtic end as well? Um, that first stand, obviously Celtic FC women. Do you think they should get the opportunity to play more games at Celtic Park.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think, I think that was a. It, it couldn't, as Alan said, it couldn't have gone better. Not just for the title race, but I also like, you know, when you're talking about the PR for the women's game, you can't, you can't get much better than that. Not only for, you know, the, the, the quality of football they showed in that second half, but the atmosphere provided. The and as you say, like the Celtic end, they just seemed like such a special, a special night. I was watching it on the telly as well, and it was amazing. That uh, was so good. Um, yeah. So I really hope. That this is the the start of something where we do maybe try and you know it's not just for massive title deciding games and hopefully you know more because Sky is starting to show the games more regularly. I think you know we we rightfully give Sky a lot of stick, but that could also be a good gateway for folk to maybe see the level. They're playing at to feel the same way they they feel about the men's team as, as with the women's team, and hopefully that can be you know the gateway for them going to go more games, becoming more invested in the team. It's this you know brick, um, bit by bit, step by step, we can really sort of push on and it become become as as massive as we hope it can be. And yeah, so I, I think it's just it was just a brilliant night, and obviously uh, it would be it's not it's not not ideal if assuming hopefully we win at the weekend. Yeah, it's not ideal hoping that you're relying on Rangers to uh, <laughs> secure the title, but that would also be it'd also be pretty funny if they <laughs> if they if they win it and hand it to us. So, yeah, It was uh, it's just it's just a brilliant night, a really special moment.
0: The thing about <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. The thing about that Rangers game though is Rangers will have something to play for, so it's not even necessarily counting on Rangers to to beat them because you know Rangers need to win. To qualify for the Champions League. So um, that'll be hilarious. Uh, but we'll see. And, you know, Celtic Women's Football Show every Wednesday, Lorenzo and Claire um, talking you through all the kind of news and uh, everything that goes with it. So uh, check it out. Um, opening question. Opening question's a fun one. Um, if you could watch any Glasgow Derby on repeat, which one would it be and why? Um, Alan Edgar, if you could watch any Glasgow Derby on repeat, what one would it be and why?
1: You're going to have to come up with other questions, Christopher. This was an absolute no-brainer. Um, and I'm going to be very boring, very dull. And You could probably play a clip of something I've said on here before, but I could watch the 6-2 game back-to-back 30 times, Jesus. I would say. I couldn't watch it 30 30- one, so it's just ludicrous. But I could watch it back to back thirty times. Um and I just enjoy it. Everything about it, <clears throat> even like the weather, the commentary. I think the commentary is probably the, the game out of any game there, you know, I can pretty much say what's coming next. There's so many lines. Um it's just perfect. It was just an incredible experience to be there on the day. Um I think we even mentioned recently for many, many years, I don't actually have it anymore, but we had a VHS. And it was the only VHS that didn't have um, scrubbed whatever was originally, and it scrubbed out, and then multiple other things after it. It was the it was the do not tape over of do not tape overs. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think the six two game. I, I just love it. Um, I'll never ever tired of talking about it. I'm never tired of seeing the goals. Um, it's just a very special game, and there's a lot of other games that are incredible to watch. And maybe there'll be some other options. But for me, the 6-2 game, it's kind of like the best play-in-your-lifetime discussion. You're going to have to take that out in future uh, pods or episodes because it's just so far and away ahead.
0: Uh, Kieran, what about yourself?
2: Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to be interesting rather than boring, and choose oh, a different answer. You're going to choose uh, one where we lost or something weird, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, that would that would be the proper. Just because I'm a proper masochist. Oh, I love it. Um, no, yeah, when when we lost the tile at Celtic Park, that's when that's when I. Got, no, no, I think I think I, I think that is obviously the correct answer, but I think it's a bit maybe a bit different because I really don't have many memories of that time being six, so I don't, I don't have many. Um, yeah, so I think I think there were a few that stuck out to me. Some of them are ones that I I think I've talked about before. I've got a real sort of fondness for the early Lenin years because that's when I was really going every week as a, for, when the first time I got my season ticket. So I think the three nil in the eleven twelve season, I just love that for for very similar reasons as as Alan. Uh, to be honest, the weather was great. The atmosphere was just brilliant because just the atmosphere in eleven twelve throughout the entire season it was just spectacular. It was so good. Um, and you know, all the goals were really good, really memorable. Um, especially, um, you know, Commons got off the mark. I know he's a, he's a prick now, but it, it was just, it was just, it was just so good for that, that moment to break his duck, um, that season to make an arse out of Kyle Bartley. And, yeah, uh, it, right. and, you know, Hooper's one, and the Mulgrew's strange diving header, that's the, who's, the physics of which I'm still trying to work out. Uh, <laughs> 12 years later. Um, I think that's one. I also have a lot of fondness for, both 5-1 games in the 16-17 um, season for very obvious reasons because they were just so pathetically behind, scored some great goals, Dembele's hat-trick and the way he celebrated it was just unreal. But I think I have a more recent one, I realise I'm just going on, but about class games where we thump them, but Why not? Yeah, involved. The invitation. <laughs> so I really, I think I, I just loved the 3-0 last season over them. You know, it'd been what, Over two years since we'd last beaten them, maybe what two and a half years since we last beaten them, which is when you given how badly we were thumping them is just unreal. Maybe not quite two and a half years, but a long, a long time. It was since COVID um, we hadn't beaten them, and it was just so cathartic. And the way we did it, the way, especially that first half, I still think that first half is up there with. It's it's a candidate for the best we played under Postecoglou, I think. Yeah, you know, we 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 completely tore them to shreds. Setati and O'Reilly, you could still make the case that it's their two best performances for us in that in that in, in that game. And if, we were just unbelievable. Some of the football was the most entertaining we played, and this was a team they were all built. You know, under Van Bronkost. there was I, quite well quite quite similar to what they're saying under Bill. You know, they're saying oh, you know, they've had a, they've had a couple of like shaky results, but they're you know, they're really. You know, they're just this well oiled machine and we just pulled their pants down. It was it was <laughs> class, it was so good.
0: Um love it. Uh, they, those are all absolutely fantastic. Um I again I've I've said this before and I think we've discussed it before. That 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 game in February I just think it really stands out there as being like a modern day contemporary classic. Everything that went with it and it really it's really burned into my memory everything about that entire day. I was talking to my dad the other day. And he said, oh, I've not had a pint with John for uh, my uncle. I've not had a pint with him for for, ye- for ages. And I was like, the last time you had a pint with him was the February the 20th, 2022. And he's like, How, what are you talking about? And I was like, because that's the day we played Rangers. Alan?
1: I think uh, it is, it's really reasonable. It's a uh, good. That game will be for a generation, I think, <clears throat> the special yeah. occasion. That will stand the test of time, um, and I think where it probably has some extra points as well is that it deviates from the accepted formula of what is a proper derby win against strangers. Meaningful tick, good weather, untick because it was a night game and it was kind of well, it was horrible, really. But the stadium just creates this different atmosphere, so it stands out. I think for that as well. When it was, I think they all said it at the time, and probably still now, it was a one-off, the chances of getting a game in those conditions, those circumstances that meant so much, getting it on a Wednesday night, and uh, by God, every single person that went that night <laughs> made the most of it as well, they thought we might never see this again in a lifetime, so let's um, let's kick the arse right out of it.
0: Um, before we move on, I'd say a, a big shout from my point of view for the, the 5-1 game in the ninety. 90- eight ninety nine season just because it was a, an oasis in a disappointing time. Um and just again we we there's we've got a a feature podcast co- podcast coming out on Sunday and we kinda uh, talk about that myself, Alan and, and Barry, we go into detail about it. It's just so every goal in that is just absolutely top drawer. Really, really good. So yeah, check it out. Celtic um what's it called again? <laughs> Celtic Roulette is out on it's Sunday. Welcome. Sorry? Celtic Football Club. Celtic Football Club. Uh Celtic Roulette is out on Sunday, so uh, have a listen and check it out.
1: Um I hope people will enjoy it after a hopefully a heavy Saturday afternoon and night as well. That would be and they just carried on in a wave of joy. That would be um
0: That's what we're looking uh, for
1: optimum Alan. optimum conditions to be honest.
0: Absolutely. Um hopefully it'll be a nice day, you can maybe go to the pub, stick your earphones in, have a wee listen. Yeah, you know, have a wee uh, curer as well, get involved. Um you, would you sit in a pub with headphones in? Uh, I do it regularly. Eh? Oh. No, just, just um, a, just I probably you're... would as
1: well. Actually, I, I don't think I have done it often.
0: Yeah, Alan, you, you come, you come at me for a lot of stuff, right? And you know, I, I, partly problem, I think yeah. just ask the question. Partly sometimes it's a gimmick, right? And partly sometimes I just mm. think you're <laughs> a, a bit of an asshole. Um, but that's a weird one. The headphones oh, I, in a pub? I'm just asking. Well,
1: you know, I'm big on pub etiquette, so a couple of things. It would depend on the pub. If it's a very small pub and you're sitting in a bar, I'd fucking hoit them right out off your ears. But if you're sitting in a corner table, that's fine. If you're sitting in a bar, I would say no headphones.
0: I would never sit at a bar with headphones on. I'm not an animal.
1: Well, there we are. we just but it's good. We're getting the ground rules down. We're getting my policies
0: sorted. Yeah, good, uh, good I think
2: projects. this is. I think this is an entirely separate podcast. Alan, <laughs> Alan's <laughs> pub rules. Is all made, forty-seven many, of them.
1: How many square feet is the pub? Is the starting point? <laughs> we can get an idea there. Is it a horseshoe bar? Is it a small corner bar? All these things matter, but no, I, I don't often sit in the pub with headphones on. I would, but I wouldn't do it at the bar, would be my...
2: I wouldn't do it at the bar either, Al.
1: Good, well, thank God we get that out of way. We that. can
2: really move on with the rest of the body. We can really Excellent. move on. <laughs> um... just, just just very quickly, are you guys, people who likes to strike up a conversation with, with barmen? I know you don't like it with barbers, but with barmen, are you like just to have a bit of a chit-chat if you're sitting at the bar or something, would you... They don't chat about current events. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You'd know where to go there. You'd know it's malfunction. <laughs> um, um I would do, I. Um I would absolutely. Um I, I would probably wait for the conversation to be started by the whoever was working behind the bar. They, it's is their domain. It's they're in control of the scenario, but if they were chatting away then I would be much more chatty than I am, you know, in a a barber
0: situation, that's for sure. Aye. Um, uh, Yeah, similar. Um, It also depends on how busy the pub is. You know, if it's kind of bustling a wee bit, then, nah, you just, I I wouldn't. Because, again, as Alan says, it's their domain. You don't want to kind of be in their kind of way. So, Um, pub chat with Alan Edgar coming soon to uh, the Cynic. Don't you worry about that. Um, Question from, oh, Guard of Honour. Guard of Honor, Role of Honor, you know, what's the best one? Um, But what's your kind of thoughts on the Guard of Honor? uh, Keaton?
2: thoughts? Um, I think it's really funny because (laughs) it doesn't really matter but it it seems to wind them up. Obviously, I think either way it's funny because it's either either funny and that they come across as quite petty and not doing it. And like, or really up there on us, or they do do it, and it's it's obviously that's funny for very obvious reasons because it's Rangers giving Celtic a guard of honor, a well deserved guard of honor, and they're obviously petty scum there for not doing it. But yeah, I just think it's a win-win situation for us. Like, I don't really care, but. I just like seeing, you know, the, how seriously people get it and how upset they get at the very notion that they should, that they they should give Celtic, their rivals, a Guard of Honour. This, yeah, it's good. It's just great. I just lo- I just love this t- this sort of situation we're going into. When nothing, obviously, if we lose tomorrow, I'll be really pissed off, and we're hosting a Eurovision party later on, and I'll just be sat in the corner and a huff. But, uh, if it, it, but. Until then, this is just like I'm just treating it as a low stakes event, and everything that's leading up to it is just really funny.
0: Kieran, if I was at a, any Eurovision con um, uh, party, I'd be sitting in the corner on a fucking huff, to be honest with you. And that's just because I'd be a Eurovision uh, party. No disrespect, but I have fun there. Um,
2: <laughs> and what disrespect to the the, con- <laughs> the continent of Europe? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, well, we did choose to leave, so. One bit of respect. Um, what I would say about the guard of honor thing, what I think is, I kind of get your, your sentiments, Kieran. I'm sure Alan will be the same. Like, it is kind of like hilarious. The thing I find funniest is Michael Beale tying himself up in knots. About, well, they probably don't even want that actually. If, if, has anyone asked them? Um, and you know, our fans, you know, it's a whole big thing. Look, it, it seems like a pet. Pay- Not. let's just leave it. It's just like tying himself up in knots and uh. All he needed to say, I think the Rangers fans, if nothing else, would have more respect and say if he said, "No, nah, we don't do that here." But he's like, "Ah, uh, you know, actually, you know, I don't know. Maybe they don't want to. Um, you know, this is how um, Stephen Day Smith would sound if he. Nah, uh, Alan, your kind of your kind of thoughts on the the Guard of Honor?
1: No, pretty much the same. I, I really don't care. Um... I like any opportunity to put them in a position where they feel uncomfortable or get one (laughs) over on them, so I wouldn't rule it out on that basis, but yeah, I don't particularly care. I did like that Michael Beale got asked about it, just because I liked the notion that he had to spend 45 seconds these day justifying why the club weren't doing it, and then, then if you ask a Rangers fan, presumably you get why the... Why should we show them respect because and then they'll just list any number of things that they think means they shouldn't show certain respect. And it's great. This is these are the, the wee joys that you get when you um have the league wrapped up nice and early. You get to have these nonsense discussions. Um I don't think it was ever on the cards. I don't even think really the league does it. But I liked it that Bill had to get asked about it and make up a reason why when his stock is potentially at an all time lower Rangers fans to this point. Um that probably having his players applaud the champions onto the park <laughs> might not bode well for him in his future. Um, so it would have been better just sticking with the tried and tested. Um, personally, I think if it were his stock at the moment, it would have been better just answering no surrender.
0: But, um, <laughs> and on. Oh, very good, Alan. What a bit of fun. Um, got a question from Ian. Um, hi there. Question for the live show, uh, if it's not too late. It seems like we have the right manager to make some headway in Europe whether that's qualifying out of our Champions League group or a good run in Europa League, or whatever it's called now. Um, What else do you think is required in terms of squad investment and do you think the board will go to the next level to provide that? Also, what areas do you think need particular attention? I think we need a goalkeeper for sure and probably another striker of Kyogo's quality. Cheers and keep up the great work. Thanks very much, Ian. Very much appreciate that, sir. Um, So... This is a good question we've actually got a press conference um clips and i 'm going to go i'm actually going to go to one because what this does is it kind of plays into this so Ange was asked about you know where he sees us from a, a European perspective and where we can go um and here's what he said
3: look i think um yeah you know, as I said this year, I think particularly in talking about champions league um you know regular participation is one of the ways. To sort of improve and, and bridge that gap. I mean, we hadn't been in the Champions League for I think four or five years, and you know, for, for a lot of our players, it was their first sort of it was it was sort of it was their first sort of step in that sort of level of football. So, I think you know, the first part of it is we want to we want to be consistently playing Champions League football. If you do that over a number of years, I think that gives you the opportunity to improve, and and that's the opportunity that we. That, that's there before us now but it still comes down to us improving as a team you know if we keep improving as a team all these kind of things become byproducts whether that's domestically or in europe um, and yeah you know, again coming into next year that's that's got to be our goal we've got to improve um, that'll help us in our first priority which is always to win the league that that has to be our main priority and then if we improve that gives us a better chance in in europe um, you know particularly at champions league level
0: well, and that's something that you you know used the phrase there, regular participation, and that's something you've been banging the drum about for, for a number of years. Um, I mean, that is crucial. Um, this will be our second year. Uh, next year will be our second year in the Champions League. And I'm pretty sure, um, going by Maravchik67 on Twitter, who does Europe uh, European stuff very, very well, he seems to indicate that if we win the league next season, that then that'll be a third year in a row in the Champions League. How important is that? You know, and as Ian says, is there any other things we can do to kind of go up that level? You know, what's your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think regular participation is important, especially when you've got a squad that you're comfortable with and that you're trying to build on. You know, it's, it's a diff- regular participation doesn't tend to mean the same if you're fully revamping the squad. Um, which I don't think we will be doing this summer. I think there'll be ins and outs, but I don't think you'll be looking at a drastically significant team next season. So what you're hoping is is that the players who didn't have experience last year will have a little more this year, but it's difficult because we were out of Europe pre-Christmas this year. It's only six matches. And those six matches are very, very valuable for those players because they will have at least an idea of what it is like to face a top-level team. They played Real Madrid home and away last year, so they understand... Just how high the bar is And a lot of those players Might not have faced players At that elite level before They would have played one or two Maybe at an elite level Um, Or they might have had one-offs But they won't have had six matches Where they're playing against You know, really top sides And I think four of the six um, games That we played were against um, You know, really, really good sides And one really experienced team So I think that's huge And hopefully we'll see A slight benefit of that this year I think a third season, though, would really be where you would, then you get 12 matches under your belt. I think at that point you would be expecting to see a real uptick, but hopefully we'll see some of it this year. And the other part, quite simply, is is recruitment. Um, Recruiting potentially players with a little bit more experience or recruiting players with a higher ceiling um, and a higher ability to develop. And, you know, I I use that phrase, we use it, it feels like every Monday, to be honest, but improving the aggregate of the squad, replacing players that you maybe don't want to use that often with slightly better players who you then are inclined to, dries up the competition and it means the next window. It just means you're always pushing up and up and up. And I think Ange start at that stage. I think people forget that because there seems to have a lot of discussion has developed about Ange and his plan at Celtic. I'm pretty confident that year three is the books for Ange, and he will absolutely be here, potentially year four. So I still think it is a building phase. I don't see this team as the final incarnation of Ange Postacoglu's Celtic, I certainly hope not. There's probably hope and expectation in there. But year three, to me, I think it would be recruitment. And I would like to see, obviously, the board um, sign off on talent. I would like to see you spend an appropriate amount of money. Um, I would say an appropriate amount of money for this window. I would be... It's bizarre putting a figure on it because you don't know who you're getting. But I, I wouldn't see an issue in spending in the region, you know, maybe 15 to 20 million pounds. Um, and that's before the players go out. Um, just because I think if you want to compete at Champions League level, this team needs it. I've said before, I don't like talking about at the end of a season, talking about replacing players. But that's naturally where everyone's minds go. This is a time of the year almost to enjoy it and celebrate with the squad, not think about who will be here next year. But there are a number of areas in the squad that I think if you properly want to compete Champions League level that you need to improve upon. Um, and I think that's that's the reality of it. But I'm happy to enjoy it the next, hopefully, the next month um, in a very early June with the squad. Then after that, I will very quickly go to trying to build a team that can try and push for a second or at least third place in that Champions League group stage next year. So that, that, those are the two kind of big elements of it um, for me
2: anyway. What about yourself, Cairn? Yeah, I think Alan's pretty covered it pretty perfectly. <laughs> um, I think those those are the 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 two. I, I, yeah, I think I think we, uh, well, we, a lot we we gain a lot by it that they're just needing fine tuning surgery. Just two, three, maybe four players in that starting eleven that we can really make you know develop well. Um, <clears throat> I think bring in and then you elevate you to the next level. Sorry, um, I think you do. We even saw it under under Lenin. You've seen saw it under Neil. You saw it under Strachan. It is amazing how much teams gain from those six eight European games at uh, those group stage games yeah. going into the next season. There is a genuine curve that happens to almost every team, and it's not it's not guaranteed, of course, because nothing is guaranteed in football. But and I do find that's quite exciting. It, part of that is also because of the you know the way those teams were built with recruitment itself by the natural development of the teams under the manager and i think these are all reasons to get excited and i think the other whether or not you know we, the board is going to do what you know what we want them to do whether they're going to sanction three 6 million quid players that that number 8 who takes us to the next level that keeper that center back that striker I, we don't know you know like they've not done it in the past but January was also the way we be, we did our recruitment in January wasn't something we've ever done before as well. The way we brought in two players before we moved two on. Now, obviously, you know, O and Johnston, they're they're not they're maybe a bit different to the players we had before. You know, I think it's pretty obvious that I'm, I'm at the moment. I'm a bigger fan of Juranovic than I'm a Johnston. But I think, and I think, obviously, some people feel different. Some people feel, you know, GG is a better player than O, etc. But I think just strategically, it it worked well, regardless of your view and the players themselves. So I'm hopeful that maybe there is a sea change, and maybe this will be the first time. We mentioned, I mentioned it on Monday. When we've just plateaued in the past, and I'm hopeful in terms of recruitment, this is the first time we've looked at. We've got a special manager here. It'll be 20 years since we won a European knockout tie after Christmas. Let's try and do something. We've got such a healthy financial position, and I do think maybe that will help. You know, you're looking back to 2003, even 2017, when Rangers went down. Those were, those were different circumstances, than that There's maybe a a slight degree of financial uncertainty. Obviously, in 2003, we had a lot of debt around our necks. This is a, we're in such a strong position now, especially post-COVID, that you can really take, afford to take a couple of risks. And you could also make the point that if you go deep in Europe with this manager, it's that risk is alleviated because of not just in terms of the income, but just in terms of really building that reputation. Ugh. I, I, I'm, I am hopeful. Whether or not it'll pan out, we'll, we can only speculate but I, I do think even if you know, God forbid we do bring two, three, four players to improve the, the aggregate of the team as Alan's saying but I do think we'd perform better now with the players that we have if we were to get, go again um, with this same team and I think that's something to take encouragement from. I do think we could make a, a grasp of third with the group of players we have now but let's try and go up one better. Let's not stick to the the status quo because we've absolutely got within us to become a really really special team.
0: Um, do you know? What I think it's quite it's quite funny There's, the way people talk about like um, a, it's almost like we're going to get an Ange team and it's just going to be this stick on eleven and that's it. Like and and I understand why people talk about it like that, but it's like we're building towards something. But football, you know, the way football changes, the way kind of transfers work, the way windows work, you know, nothing really stays static for any amount of time. So there's not this one dream Celtic Ange team that's going to just be there and we're going to have it for a season. It'll be changing all the time. He's literally doing surgery all of the time. What, my two cents on it would be that um, we're guaranteed Champions League next season. I think it's confirmed guaranteed Champions League after that. This is the most risk-averse board Around, but if they did just kind of go well, guaranteed income for the next two years. We've got this big move to japan. we've got you know every time these strips come out, we sell them by the bucket load. we're bringing out four of them at this point or four bundles of 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 stuff. Let's take a risk, and you know just to take us up that level, but they've been in the, in that position in the past, and it's never panned out. Alan.
1: Yeah, I, I think that that's a really good point as well. And I think as Ciarán and yourself have kind of highlighted financially, we are in a really strong position. Um, nobody's saying, you know, throw that away for, you know, four players. But what you are saying is, I, I like the idea, I suppose, that see instead of the discussion and the narrative being around will Ange stay for season three or season four, I'd like it to be the club actually... Inst- Go to them, you know, have a honest, open discussion with them. But also say, look, what you've done is incredible. We're really, really grateful. Where do we go from here? How do we push on? Not, it'd be good if you could do that again next season. That would be brilliant because <laughs> the fans loved it, you know. It would be good if we could actually say, right, that's great. You know, double, then a treble, brilliant. Right, how? Do, what do you need to go forward in Europe? Um, and then we'll go away and discuss it and we'll come back to you. But, you know... Actually be more proactive rather than kind of sitting back and saying, you know, we'll get a nice number here. We'll sit back. If he comes to us and asks for something, we'll try and be able to provide it. That shouldn't, and perhaps it isn't, that shouldn't be the way it works. It should be actually the club actually driving the manager on and actually challenging him. Let's see what we can do in Europe and, you know, we'll give you as much as we can within uh, means. But not just the manager, you know, that old-fashioned idea of the, the manager chatting the board store. I like this player, can I get the money, actually? I'd, I'd like it to be a wee bit more the club, to be more proactive in it. That's how you engage a manager, I think, as opposed to please stay, the fans love you. Because um, as much as that's great, that's only there when there's results.
0: I love the way you said that there about, um you know, the board sitting around St. Ange. You did that last season. Go, go and do it again that'd be really good <laughs> just like this can we do a treble again just, would that, would that just, be alright
1: just with with the accounts in front of them just looking at it like ticket sales merchandise and everything just going this is great man can you just can you just batter that out again next yeah. year like but as capitalism obviously dictates Obviously, do it, but 10%, 10% higher, please. Every year, it has to be better profits.
0: Yeah, you're totally right, though. Like In regard to this, uh, ever since I've known Celtic, and, you know, I've, I've mentioned this before about my dad talking about Celtic, we've never had a proactive board who really kind of go for things. And, you know, the, if there was just a an inkling of a little bit of dy- dynamism there, or someone Got, it.
1: <laughs> Got <it> one nil.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to attempt again. game. That word I said, dynamic, only um if you know you know it'd just be good if there was some a little bit more i don't know we we seem to be getting linked and we'll talk about the transfers we seem to get be getting linked with uh, players from japan again and you know that seems to be a market that angie knows and that's great and stuff but again we're not we're not talking about guys coming in with real champions league experience You know, we're talking about guys coming up from the J-League too. And again, I'm not seeing anything negative about that player. That player could be absolutely dynamite. Look at Hitati and all that. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, for next season, you are going to need a little bit more experience, I think. I think I would like to see someone who would have some sort of, you know, Champions League experience to help everyone through. Because there was times last season, and we will move on to the Derby in a moment, but there was times last season where a few players at points you know they're looking around maybe looking just and i'm not saying Kyle mcgregor isn't an amazing captain because he is but he kind of do it all on his own you know hatati it was his first time playing in european football o'reilly it was his first time playing in european football you know you go through the team and so one or two little experienced maybe have to pay a little bit more for them but that's what i would like to see as well as the the, the kind of talent that you know, they want to bring in as well, whether it be from, you know, um Asia or, you know, South America or, or Europe, whatever. Alan?
1: Uh, the Celtic Secret Service will be coming to uh, <laughs> put you a bag over your head, mate, and, and take you out in the middle of the desert. He's asking for Champions League experience, lads,
2: got him out, got oh, going. on.
0: Um uh yeah Kieran needs to go and look after his uh his uh his sister's dog, I think, is
2: it? She's just dropping it off. He'll be back in, in 10 minutes if we're still going.
0: <laughs> okay, well, we'll still be going in 10 minutes. Uh, enjoy, Kieran. Um, lovely stuff. Um, Alan, we. Um, that was the, the weekend pup
1: date from Kieran Devlin. Very good. Yeah, weekend pup date.
0: Very, very good. Um, Alan, how are you? Sorry? Hope the dog comes on. That'd be nice. Yeah, we get starts in the Aye, we'll, we'll, we'll get some. We'll get some updates on the dog. Um, how are you feeling about tomorrow? Um, it's a it's a glorious day in Glasgow. It's beautiful. I'm led to believe that it's going to be the same tomorrow. You know, it would be ideal if there was a tanking and then we could you know oh. go and drink oh. a few drinks and uh-huh. hang Got out it. and have it's, a time.
1: They just when you say that there, it just made me excited. Um... I'm looking forward to it. I'm um, actually it is a different build-up. It is a kind of weird, not weird feeling. And it's not a we have kinda of experienced games like this before, but it's nice. Um This is very different to the normal pre Glasgow Derby feeling. Um there has been quite a few of them recently as well. So I think that even plays into it a little. Look, if we hadn't faced them in the final, we hadn't faced them in the semi-final, I think you would maybe feel a little bit more amped up again because you would be thinking, right, this is actually, we're going to see what the difference is, where they're at, where we're at, where the gap is at, which is, of course, at all times important. (laughs) Um, If only there was one club in Glasgow that's measuring that and could give us an update on that, that would be handy. Ideal. But it's... But it's nice. I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually quite interested to to see what the manager does. Um, And I think his quotes today, which we'll maybe talk a wee bit about later, will give a wee insight to that. But I I think there's scope for change tomorrow. And I'm quite excited by it. I actually think it's a really... Rangers are talking and Michael Beals talking about how it's important for them. I think think this is quite an important game for us. Um, And I think that's a big, big chance for us, a big platform for us. Um, To go out and actually Just enjoy playing football It's as stress-free a derby As you can possibly get Because we're in the cup final We've knocked them out of both cup competitions And we've absolutely Horsed them to the league So we don't have anything to prove But that doesn't mean that you don't have Something to go and get and game. go and win So um, yeah I, I, I do, I, I, I've said I think I said it on Monday and I, I do believe it I think if you win that game tomorrow and Whatever team Michael Beal picks, I think he's under immense pressure, and um, you know it could be Ange could be walking away tomorrow with another scalp. Um, Michael Beal's ugly wee scalp um, in his hand. So I'm excited by it. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know what the changes will be. We'll maybe talk about that. But I'm just excited that. And as you say, when the weather's good, that that always gives me confidence. Um, a good weather for the good guys. So here's hoping. Have
0: you I seen the know, Have you seen the film Predator? no I have not it's just when uh, the predator like kills its prey um, it takes its heads it takes the heads of the thing and then it puts it in a spaceship and I was just thinking if Ange had a spaceship it would be like spaceship
1: predator monsters it's all uh, I haven't watched that film
0: (laughs) I just mean, Sci-fi if, nonsense, is it? If Ange had like a spaceship, and it would be like Giovanni van Bronckhorst's head on the wall, and then Michael Beals on the wall, and then there'll be a wee question mark like that, you know, essentially yeah. that that meme where it's the the death going to each door. I should have just said the meme because you're um, a, a child that's, of it. Yeah, the...
1: That's a, my cultural references start and up there. No, I, I think um, I think that's a good point. though, about I just think it's a, a big. I think people are underplaying what the opportunity that's there. And I think Ange is actually very good about it. We talk about it a lot about how you know we like to rank seasons, and we talk about you know what O'Neill did and you know the whitewash season, for example. It's um, it's a big opportunity, I think, to to really stamp down what is the potential to be an incredible year. It's got the potential to be a record breaking year as well. Um, and I don't know if the players really think about that so much. I tell you, see the idea of us winning tomorrow. Every league game then becomes, you have a chance to make history. And it then becomes eminently achievable as well. And, you know, 100%, 107 points, sorry, would be just the most unique, um, incredible way of winning a league title. Um, and it is, I think, certainly, in my opinion, it probably would be, it would be better than Invincible season because... You've knocked Rangers out of both competitions and as well as that, you've won the league on record points. Um, I, I think it's a massive opportunity, but you know you don't have the same jeopardy if you don't win. So I'm excited by it, but I suppose I'm excited by it in the normal way that you should be excited for sports and that you can still sleep the night before and you can eat in the morning. Um, I've got a nice morning plan before it. I'm playing football and then I'll be back to watch it. And that sounds much more healthy. The idea of doing any of these things or getting a proper night's sleep before a Glasgow Derby with anything on the line is just just nonsense, to be honest. So I'd imagine this is what a healthy relationship with watching football and sports is supposed to be like
0: yeah this is what like actual people who like actual sports this is how yeah. they kind of prepare adults, ah, yeah. adults. Uh, healthy qu- adults there's a question from Kevin uh, he says do you think tomorrow's game could be like the last one in St Martin O'Neill's first season the league was already comfortably won and we turned up at their midden and absolutely slapped them uh, just simply showed we were vastly superior um, this plays into a clip we've got uh, and it's about you know Celtic Potentially, this so this was at the press conference today, and it was about Celtic potentially having more freedom uh, than other derbies.
3: Yeah, there's no doubt though, that there's there's kind of you know when you get to the tail of the season and you know that you're close to to sort of particularly in our position to clinch the title that you know things just naturally tightened up. It happened last year too. I mean, you know, we even the game against Dundee United when we won it, it was wasn't a great performance. We just sort of got the job done, and <clears throat> there was an element of that um sort of last week against Hearts, Although, you know, to be fair to Harts, I thought they played really well um, in the first half. So, you know, now with that sort of done, yeah, you know, potentially there's an opportunity for players to play a little bit more freely now. But, you know, because we still got the cup final coming up and, you know, I don't think, you know, all the players want to be sort of at their best for that and, and they want to play in that, obviously. So I don't think they want to sort of, you know, Take the foot off the pedal these last few games. You know we'll still have the intent to sort of play these games. Um, you know to the best of our ability, as I said, because we've still got something to play for this year, and um, yeah, that's what the next sort of you know, three weeks, four games will be about.
0: What's your thoughts on that?
3: I think it's, I think he's very honest,
1: um, and I think he's probably there's a little bit of acceptance there that the standard hasn't been quite as high. Um, you know, very magnanimous, giving praise to hearts last week, but I think he's also he doesn't look at it from that perspective. I think he looks at it from what his team should do and what they're capable of, and haven't reached that level. Um, dropped points, obviously, prior to that as well. Um, so I think it's that's encouraging, and you're just hoping that none of that seeps in tomorrow. Um, and and the, uh, the notion that he could go and slap them out in their own midden is um, is very nice. So. I I think, think he's a perfect blend, if I'm honest, that you've got this game, you've got the cup final, which I think was so important to actually making sure that these games had something to them. Everybody wants to start the cup final. So you've got that. And I think what he will do is I think he will make a couple of changes on the back of that to keep it fresh and actually maybe inject a little bit of the urgency that maybe hasn't quite been there in those games, inject a little bit of that into this team because then suddenly you've got guys who have been craving game time like this. You then add them into that game and maybe that drives that intensity up a little bit because they're the ones that think, well, if I've got the shirt, I could have it next week and the week after. And I think has always done that. Um, I think he is very um, very fair with that, that if a player plays well, as Lorenzo He always likes to say, Will play the hot hand, so you know for whoever those guys might be tomorrow, they'll see it's a big opportunity. So I think there's a nice blend there and a nice option there, um, and yeah, I, I think that's that, that's where you go tomorrow in that lineup. So I'll be very very interested at half past eleven to see exactly who's in there um, and if there'll be any not surprises, but if, how many kind of changes he will make to that that starting eleven.
0: Um, See in regard to obviously how, <clears throat> excuse me, Rangers played in the League Cup final and how they played in the semi-final. Um, Badly, uh, yeah, yeah, delightfully um, from our point of view. But even how they played at Celtic Park, in regard to that sort of, and you know, there's been plenty of kind of discussion about how they set up and to stop Celtic playing. And you know, they got a guy up front who you know looks massively overweight, who looks massively, massively disinterested. Hey. <laughs> yeah, wee pal, Alfie. Oh, sorry, sorry, no, sorry. My wee sorry. buddy. We he, was, he
1: was emotional last weekend because he came on and stunk, stunk the joint <laughs> up, and then got criticised by the manager, and was crying on the way out of the stadium. Oh God, love him, but he's got feelings as well, you
0: know. See, the question I'm going to ask you is: Do you think Rangers will do anything different? Like, do you know their fans? Well, well, half of our fans will be half of their half of their fans will be our fans anyway. From if you look at social media, but um, in regard to their expectations. So their expectations are that this is kind of the last chance to get at Celtic. We need to do it now. And I think you were right about kind of how far Beale is really stuck. Start- I think I think they're annoyed. I think they find, I actually think they find him a lot of them find him as annoying as we do. Like because he talks in, you know, tongues and everything's a kind of you know, instead of just he's not a straight talker like Angus and I think it shows and he gets himself mixed up. But I think there'll be an expectation that we'll really, they'll, sorry, they'll really go at us tomorrow. Do you think that's going to be the case? Or do you think it's just going to be same of it, same as it ever was uh, and they'll play exactly how they've played in these last three games?
1: I, th- I think they'll do the same thing. I think what you might find is they might try and be a little bit more brave and I don't think they'll, I think when they go long, I don't think they'll go long into a particular player I think what they'll try and do is I think they'll play. I don't think they'll play Morelos, Um he, he might come on in the game, to be fair, but I, I don't think they'll start him. I think what they'll do is same thing, same system, same shape, same off the ball structure, because I think he likes it and I think he believes in that. But I think what they'll do is is they'll play with different personnel and they'll try and um, have maybe a little bit more speed, a little bit more dynamism. Um, very good going forward. I, I, to be honest, I think he'll play largely what he probably did last weekend. He'll go with the guys that he thinks are going to be there next year or that he might have, you know, something to get out of. Sakala, um, Matondo, maybe Hadji. And I think he'll go with those guys, maybe not all of them, but I think the line and he'll try and say, instead of holding the ball up and trying to play off, just try and create in behind Celtic. So I don't see any difference in terms of off the ball or anything like that. I think personnel. I mean, if it was to start, Marellos Kent, even if they won the game, but they'd be a complete waste of time. Um, so I don't think he will. I think he will go with the other guys. And bluntly, now they, they, they could win the game with, those, with that personnel. That the games are very, very difficult to predict. We don't know how we'll play. But he hasn't really liked to look at those guys in the whole time he's been here. So I mean, I'm not tempting fate, even in a game that means very little. But the idea that these guys are going to torch the defence. I don't know. I just don't see it. If if you haven't thought it really worthwhile using them, if in any point since a meaningful point since November, how you know how how likely is it that you've actually got a an unearthed gem there? It's quite slim, I would imagine. So I think it's exciting. I hope he does try and change it up a little bit because I've, I, you know we've seen Kent Morell what they're capable of, what they're not capable of. If they do try and go long in behind, then I think maybe there's more potential for us to play and actually catch them in the break and you know maybe a game of football might break out. Um, if they didn't do it in any of the, the final or the semi-final and the last league game um, at Celtic Park when they absolutely had to win, I don't see the, what, the point of why he would change it now and suddenly change his structure. He went into a must-win game and only really tried to play football when they went behind. So why would you then start the game thinking the onus is on us? I don't think they'll try and be the aggressor. I think that responsibility will sit with us. And we'll just need to see how it shakes out. So um, different person, same, same old deal, I would
2: imagine tomorrow.
0: Uh, Keenan Devlin's back. Keenan, what's the dog's name?
2: It's Maisie. And what type of dog is it? It's a Cavachon, a cross between a Bichon Frise and a Cavalier King Charles. Good, um, a little could be doggy. We got her for um my my sister when uh yeah,
0: that's nice. You're lovely stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good. Um, what do you think about um how Rangers will line up? Are you worried about any that they're going to throw his, uh throw a spanner in the works by doing something different? Alan's of the opinion that they'll do what they've done, but with maybe different personnel. Do you agree with that? Anything different?
2: I, yeah, I think it would make sense. Um. <laughs> I say it would make sense. Apparently, they want to get rid of like three quarters of their squad. <laughs> yeah. Um. And you know, at least when we did it two summers ago, we had an amazing manager coming in, and we did have twenty million to spend. And um, we we were um, which I don't know if they do or not. I know they were supposed to have spent well what bid eight million or something for that American striker on Turkey, which seems. Um, what I was going to say seems a bit. Um, n- quite a lot of money um, but then again that's been the story of the last 40 years so who am I to judge yeah. Uh, um, but yeah I think I think Alan's right I, well I don't know whether they'll do that or we'll just go like fuck it I just want a win under my belt against them so I'll just play Ken and Morelos as they're two of our best players even if they're not in good form because as Alan's saying like, if we line up tomorrow and you've got you know Hadji and Matondo either side of Sakala uh, I think we have struggled a bit with Sakala at times, but the other two guys are just like so out of the picture that I don't know. It would just it would just be weird. I don't know because they are caught in a bind, I guess, because he will be so desperate for a win. Because as Alan's saying, you know, um, he his his stock is so low. We've talked about him before. you know what's that? What's that meme? Is it it will go higher? it'll go higher I feel we need to reinvent it for because it's gonna go lower it's, it's gonna go lower it's just a
0: little
1: bit your It's still good it's still good <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> yes
2: um or or
0: even what you call it um this yeah. is the lowest yeah. the, the
2: day of my life yeah. so far so far
0: <laughs> this is the lowest period of my managerial career
2: so far Mr Beale. so far um, um yeah yeah but uh, by the, I think I think a, a approach will be the same because I think it's gonna be this thing where you're just gonna keep making these, you know the einstein thing of the definition of stupidity is tr- doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome i wouldn't be surprised if not only um not only tomorrow but next season when he has his you know low is a uh, legion of mediocre championship players if he's just going to say oh i've now got these guys my approach will work this time and i really hope we beat them like 3-0 at Ibrox in august <laughs> <laughs> well we just be like we just think, like, oh I've got Doe, I've got Butland, I've got all these other random Stoke defenders. We're gonna catch them now. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then we pull yeah, that'll be great. Yeah. Alan.
1: Yeah, just see on the point since it has been raised. Uh look, we've all had our fun. Um right, obviously Sakala's proved a challenge over a couple of games. Um see the wee moment when he had these wee celebration when they won the penalty. Like and I know we've comfortably seen them aside in three competitions since that. Draw, I, would, I would not be upset if somebody just absolutely bent him in the first two minutes <laughs> tomorrow. Just on a basis. Well, you can win and you can take a higher ground, but ultimately I just wouldn't mind seeing somebody just nail him and just say, yep, yeah, I'll take my red card. That's absolutely fine. I, uh, that annoyed me at the time. I thought it was pathetic. It highlighted their mentality a wee bit and we're better than that. And since then we've proved we're better than that. But see, ultimately I'd just love to see somebody melt him. Yeah. Um so like <laughs> uh, it is so logical and it would work counterproductive to every type of football that Ange wants to play and we want to see. But you know what, I, I wouldn't be upset in the slightest. Um if Carl McGregor thought, you know, I fancy a couple of days off and just thought, that'd be wow. brilliant. So look if you're if you're asking if it's an a la carte Rangers um game tomorrow, then first thing I'm picking off the menu is uh Sicyala so, okay, getting stretched off. <laughs>
0: Jesus. Uh yeah. Well look, look, this is the game you do it. This is the uh this is the time. Um this is your time to shine, Alan. Uh, get get stripped, you're one on.
1: one um, more for the rebuild, Mr
0: Bilton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, in regards to the press conference, um Ange was asked about the availability, what players are available. This is what he had to say.
2: How's the team uh, looking this news uh, this
3: week? Any uh, updates? Yeah, uh, nothing major from last week. Trying to think, um, James Forrest's available, so he's back training, which is good. Uh, Aaron Moy's a little bit touch and go for tomorrow. He's, 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 he's just a bit sore uh, from a couple of things, so uh, we'll see how he is. And um, everyone else, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you know. Carter, because johnson these guys are uh, uh, stephen walsh uh, the guys are missing out but the guy everyone else is is good to
0: go uh yeah good update um obviously ccv out for the season alan Alistair johnson Alistair johnston uh they're looking to get him back for the cup final but there's nothing kind of confirmed on that um forrest's available alan is that the old uh is that the old twist uh james forrest
1: that is not the twist <laughs> no
3: the i was. love it if
1: it was but um, no. Nah, if he's only back this week then I think the uh, the chances of him featured tomorrow are uh, slumping to on
0: oh so you're basing that on the fact that he's not had enough training not that you know he's so far out the picture that he, he shouldn't be playing you're basing it on just the training aspect
1: that's correct uh, sorry that he hasn't shown for the club whilst he's been injured Chris <laughs> be. he'll be back for season whatever it is 25 for James Forrest next year
0: Good season 25 apparently um yeah he's there or thereabouts isn't he?
1: 13 14 years now
0: um in regard to a question we have a question um from actually do you know we got a question alan reed um what's up uh yesterday this was after the chat myself um colin and eddie walsh Uh the wonderful eddie walsh had uh yesterday regarding hacks and abada um So Alan uh, messaged in and said on the Sabanovich argument I think his best role in this squad is coming off the bench. He doesn't appear to have great pace, acceleration and likes an extra touch so you don't see the best of him from the start. Coming on late he can exploit space being left by tiring players and given given the way Andrews subs in the 5 sub era it's actually quite useful to have a player like that in the squad. He's someone for us to enjoy watching without needing him to be more interesting it's a it's a well thought out and well put across question as Alan always does um what's your take on it Kieran what's your thoughts Hacks Banner, which I guess I get Alan's point what I would say on it is I think the guy wants to play more and I, I'd imagine if he gets to the summer and or maybe not even the summer maybe January and he's you know he's not starting as many games he might maybe want to kind of just might want to play football more regularly starting what's your thoughts
2: yeah I think so <laughs> I think it doesn't help that when he had that run of starts, he was always playing on the right when Medell was the left and he looks a shadow of himself when he's playing on the right. He just doesn't look comfortable. He really prefers to be able to drive inside. I also think his best games for us have been when he's been a number eight as well. I think he looks really effective in those areas. There must be something maybe he doesn't contribute enough defensively, but there's got to be some aspects to why Ange, you know, we're not seeing that Ange doesn't pick him there more regularly. I I think I agree. that like his best his best showings have been when he's come on as a sub. But I I don't think his starts when he's been on the left have been bad. we discussed before that I don't think he's ever had an awful game for Celtic. There'll be some games where he's just not contributing meaningfully, I guess, to like to big moments. Because I always think he's he's always good at keeping the ball. He's always good at making. He's good at, at making the right decisions in possession. He's good at maintaining the tempo. In in terms of he's always, it's always usually one touch, two stuff, taking only one or two seconds on the ball, which is really important. I think that's when we talk about what Maeda brings to the team. That's one of the things I love about Maeda is that he's always paying up pace, which is what Hagsabanic does as well. I, I you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him start tomorrow. And then there's a couple of players that. I don't think you know. I think you know. One of the you know, people was talking about Vata, or on Monday were saying we should just give just give James McCarthy the armband for it or something. <laughs> just to really, to really wind them up. I don't. Obviously, we're not going to go that far, but I do think there's maybe a couple. I I don't think Ange will. I'm not, sorry, I might have completely missed you guys chatting about it. In which case, I'm just no, no, saying the same no, no. thing. Um, but I just I, I I I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it's the same team as against um against Hearts, but. You know, I I do th- wonder. I do I I do hope there's going to be one or two changes. Like if a and Hack were brought in, and maybe like I was going to say, I don't know. I don't know which one of Jota Maeda you dropped in the bench because Maeda is so important in these games, and Jota consistently delivers. <laughs> so I guess that that's the thing. That front three are so effective against Rangers that I don't really know who you would unless you were just to say, let's just give you a rest and you can be ready to go in the August game against them. Can you imagine Maeda coming off the bench though? Mm. Um.
1: I, I reckon he's a good. I think Maida might be the one that drops out tomorrow. And it's actually exactly for those reasons that Kieran's mentioned, because he has been so important in these games. But a lot of his importance has been obviously his quality and what he's delivered, but he's, and almost shutting them down defensively. And I wonder if fans would like to see actually if we can peg them back with someone, another more kind of gifted technical player on the ball. And you know, you could put a bad L or taxabanovic into that. So and I think the fact that Maida Maybe since the Rangers game has looked a little bit leggy, I wonder if he will think, actually, I'll drop you to the bench, we'll go to you if you need you. He would pr- probably be one of my ones, a tip for one of the ones to drop out tomorrow, um, just on that basis that maybe could do with a slight rest and you want to get another look what it's like without him to see as he... Is it so important what he does defensively? I think it probably is. But how do Rangers react when actually they've got a player that they can maybe get behind, but a player that's maybe a slightly more of a threat with the ball at their feet? I wonder if Andrew maybe want to see what that looks like a little bit. And again, that's just the benefit of having this scenario.
0: Is that player Haksabanić, Alan? Do you think?
1: I think it's, I, I think it could be. I, I think he's probably. I think it would if he was dropping Maeda. I think he would go Abada because you've got that raw pace and it's a change and it is a different style of player, but you can still count them both to be, you know, if Celtic are counter and they can drive with the ball, um, just so direct. Um, and I think the fact that Abada obviously come on same time as Haxibanovic last week really has been limited. I think he's one that he might want to get up to speed before the end of the season. I know we're all thinking about in the summer and there's been chat about Abada. I think at this point, if there's nothing concrete, I don't think the manager would even... That would come into his thinking unless there has been a discussion, unless something's in place. I think the manager will use every single player at his disposal um, between now and the end of the season unless he really feels that there's been a falling out. And I don't see that with Abada, despite loads of paper talk.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah no. But Do you know, if Abada if were to leave this summer, wouldn't it be the best nightcap that he, he mugs off? Barisic one more time, I think that would be a really sweet way for him to end his career just nipping ahead of him at the back post and Barisic just has, like his manager it's just one too many times and he he just goes into some sort of like shock or something just because <laughs> he can't handle it anymore, he's just broken, he's just completely broken
1: I think another one of my tips for tomorrow is that Borna Barisic will not be playing and I think the fact was it Paul Carlin that clocked him in town this morning at about just after eleven AM.
0: Yeah, Paul Which did. would
1: be yeah. when normally when a professional football professional footballer should be training at or either preparing for or coming down from training, as opposed to asking about um in the city centre. So I reckon Barisic is probably I think it will be uh, Yilmaz probably at left back tomorrow. So look, it's time to make new heroes at left back for Rangers. Um so hopefully Lil Badic can do the job one more time against another one.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, just uh, just line them up.
1: Okay, just spoil Poison the well for next season already.
0: Yeah, it's delicious. Um, just on, uh, just back to the presser. Um, Ange was asked about, uh, you know, unbeaten um, the chance to go unbeaten versus Rangers uh, for an entire season and how important that is.
3: Look, uh, all these things have context, I guess. Look, the, for us, our, our goal every year is be champions. You know, that's that's got to be the know the ambition for us because of everything that's associated with that apart from obviously being successful but you know last couple of years it gets you it gets you into champions league and everything that that brings with it so um that's where the ambitions lie but within that you have these kind of individual things that um contests that you also know are important and significant to to the club and um every derby is is that is that kind of game you know it's an opportunity to to win against a, a a very good team and and the team closest to us on the table, so you know, and a game that always means something to our supporters, so you know, it's an opportunity to to, to just create another significant moment for us. So you know, that's the opportunity that's in there.
0: You know, you're saying that obviously, you know, the most the most important thing is winning the league, and that's our kind of main aim, and. Everything is almost secondary to that. But Alan, do you think there'll be a part of them that will be like actually, you know, a little bit of competitive among the players to go unbeaten against them? Or do you think that just doesn't enter their head at all?
1: No, I think it does. I, I think players are competitive. Um, I think they will be. I think sometimes new play teams more often, I think it forges more of a rivalry, a hatred. Um, I've been watching NBA finals and... They I think the Boston Celtics went three each last night, so they've played the same team six times in the space of twelve days and one of the players um was just essentially saying that when you're on the court that long and you're playing against guys so often, every night fighting, you know, every sorry, second or third night and you're fighting tooth and nail, you actually just begin to really, really dislike your opponent. <laughs> Whereas if you don't see guys, if they're in another conference, you only play them, you know, a certain amount of times, it doesn't feel like that. So you know, we've played Rangers, this will be the what, fifth time this year? Sixth. Sixth time. Uh well sorry, this calendar year, so that'll be oh. yeah, five, um, and you know, this season. That that's that's a lot of football. And that's a lot of time up against the same team in that atmosphere with everything at stake. Granted tomorrow doesn't have the same at stake, but I think you'll find that players will start to hate each other um and they'll start to be really competitive. And I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow is potentially a really chippy game and you see quite a lot of that coming out because if you play one team you've not seen someone you've not played against an opponent there's a kind of respect there for the level and you're playing guys all the time you remember something from two weeks ago, you remember something from three weeks ago. So um I think there will be I think there'll be plenty in it for the players. Whether or not we get the result we want the one thing I will not be saying is even if we lose tomorrow we Christ we lose handily. You know, I was about to say on Monday, but I'll not be on the agenda Monday, but I'll I'll not be blaming it or I'll not be saying, well, it's because we had nothing to play for. That, it'll be because we weren't good enough on the day against whatever Rangers team. And there might be loads of reasons behind that, but fundamentally you've got to be better on the day. So I think there's, I don't think there's an issue in motivating players for it. Um, and I think if we use the excuse, the league's already won, look, that's fine if you're talking to a Rangers fan and you're trying to justify it and you're having a wee bit of fun. But I think if we're talking amongst ourselves here um, and among Celtic fans, if we don't win tomorrow, it'll be because we're, we're, we weren't good enough in the day. And it might just be you weren't good enough in the day. We've been good over the season, but there's plenty of that for players. And my, yeah, chippy game potentially, but hopefully it's a chippy game because Celtic are winning three nothing, and and the Bears are getting
0: restless. Um, on that, uh, Kieran, i well, I've got a question for you, um, and it kind of plays into, as we're kind of winding up now, um, the lineup for tomorrow. Um, this is from John. He says, I'm worried about getting injuries before the cup final, and with nothing to play for, the Orcs could be even more robust than usual, playing into Alan's chippy point. Um, should we play more of the squad players and maybe Vata and Summers to mitigate the, ch- the risks to our stars? Um, shout out to the women's team. Magnificent win at Celtic Park in front of a record crowd. A great question, John. Um, you know, there's been a lot of chat about Vata. As summers maybe, I think, is probably you know a stretch too far because we actually do have players who would be looking to get minutes ahead of him anyway who haven't had minutes recently, but like a Vata? Because how, how much do you think and this is this is also what I'll play into how much do you think the cup final will be on Ange's mind because As Alan said there, this is going to be, it might be quite a physical, aggressive game. You know, we lost um, Alistair Johnson in the last game against them. They have been very robust in their tackles, uh, shall we say. What's your thoughts on the cup final angle and the, you know, playing maybe one or two different youngsters?
2: I think... I think I I would I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind I said it before I wouldn't mind some more rotation I wouldn't mind seeing three four even five players we've not seen much of because even though we've got a few players injured I do think we've got the depth especially in the front six I think we've got strength of depth there to really see some people um, I've, I just know I just got the I saw the record the the record said something about could Bernabé play and I thought. Jesus, that would be fucking chaos! <laughs> like he'd probably he'd probably score a thirty-yard screamer, and then being about fifteen yards out of position every single time Rangers launched the ball over the top. Um, no, I think I I think maybe I think it's a bit too much of a stretch for Vata this game, but I think he's right. I think there would Ange will definitely he'll want this treble. He absolutely will. When he, I wouldn't be surprised if the um, the three games after this. There's a lot more rotation, and I would have people like Vata, even Summers, will get those games. Um, I, and I, I'm look, I'm, I'm really looking forward to those three games after. Um, I guess what you always do when you know there is that like maybe naive hope that you will see the youngsters given those game time. It doesn't always pan out that way. Sometimes it does, but I, I, I think it would just be. I'm really hoping. I, we always talk about the really sunny days, the three o'clock hiccups when it's a gorgeous day. You're on your your T-shirt and shorts for the, the first time in ten months, and it's just a good that you win five now when everybody has a class time and you go get pissed after. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's maybe a bit. I think Ange will, you know, he's maybe he was a bit um, deflective with the answer to going unbeaten. He'll want to win tomorrow badly. Him and the players, and they'll go into that. I don't. I'm not really worried worried about complacency or anything tomorrow. I think. You know, if, if Ange isn't getting up the players, McGregor will, because McGregor will absolutely want to go unbeaten against Rangers. Yeah. He loves these games, and he, you know, he will. What he doesn't want any sort of complacency, any sort of half-arseness to enter before that cup final, because he is desperate for to win his first treble as Celtic captain as well. So I think, yeah, I, I'm not really worried about that, and I think it's maybe a bit too soon to see Vata, but I'm hopeful we'll see some more minutes from him, maybe even a start before the end of the season.
0: Um, just a final quote from Ange from the the presser. It's just on Greg Taylor and his improvement.
3: Yeah, look, um, yeah, fair to say Greg's improved, you know, immensely in all aspects of his game, you know. And um, but that's that's that was always going to be his challenge, all the boys' challenge. I mean, that's what I expect of him. I don't. I think if they don't improve or if they stagnate or feel like they don't need to improve, then you know. The game and and this club and everything will pass them by. So, but Greg's been great at just receiving information, being able to sort of implement that into his game, understanding you know how you know the the, the sort of tools given to him by by the coaching staff um, can help him become a better player and. You know with all the players they need to be receptive of, of that thirst and if they are then it's our responsibility to give that information to them and, and help them improve and he's he's been great and I think he's you know he's he's enjoying his role at the football club he's enjoying not just as a player but sort of you know as a as a person of influence within the group and uh, I think that's growing all the time which is a great thing and um, you know it's a credit to him that you know he's he's tackled that task and you know, the challenge will be to improve again next year because if he doesn't, then, you know, somebody else will and um, that's a challenge for all of them.
0: Ominous, ominous music plays in the background.
2: Ooh. Greg Taylor in the mud. Yeah, he, yeah, ba- he basically
0: said, if Greg Taylor doesn't get his arse in gear, then he's getting patched. That's what I'm led to believe. Alan, um, how do you think we're, what well, your thoughts on Greg Taylor and then if you can uh, crescendo that into your thoughts on the lineup tomorrow?
1: Ape up or shit out, Greg? <laughs> so, no, Greg, um, his it? improvement has been remarkable, I think there was I don't think there was a more talked about player, to be honest amongst the support and at the Anjira, Um and his improvement has been remarkable um, I think a lot of people would have probably had him as maybe player of the year um, I think first six months of the season domestically was flawless for us um, so yeah, he's had a great season and similar to the rest of the team I think maybe a slight tail off the last few weeks um, but He's shown before that he can shake things like that off. And if he does continue to to learn and learn from mistakes, learn from things that he can do better, then you know there's no reason to think that he can't improve a lot. And I th- think he's done well considering his understudy hasn't really lit the fire under him, but he's still managed to have such a strong season. So um so that's positive. Um and I think for tomorrow, I I think changes. I think Ange will make changes. I think you could see maybe three or four, but I don't think it will be, I think it will be largely within the realm of those that have been and around the squad over the last few weeks. You know, you could name any from, obviously, Kobayashi likely to start, given CCV's absence. So that would be, you know, I think that would have been a change you might have seen anyway. Um, and I think you add to that potentially Awata, maybe Haxabanovich, Abada. I don't know if he'll go for the O change. I wouldn't be surprised, but um, you know, I think he has been there or thereabouts in recent weeks. I I think the the best that maybe Rocco Vata could be hope could hope for would be maybe that he is the half at the sub with half out to go. And I think that would be the absolute best case scenario um, for him. So I think you will see a number of changes, but I think it will be largely within the realm of the guys that have been there or thereabouts. Um and I think it will be I think it'll be interesting. Um I do. I'm really excited. I think it's a great opportunity for us. Um you could be playing against a vastly different and um, Rangers team as well. And I think going forward, I would just like to see is um lay lay a marker down if you like for next season. But just go out and enjoy your football and play some really, really nice attacking stuff. Um I think it could uh, I think it's got all the conditions for a really, really good day for, for us tomorrow. So hopefully it just pans out
0: that way. Uh Kieran, your kind of final thoughts on the, the lineup. I know obviously it's it's kinda of hard to predict, but what was your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I think well Ange gave that mention that he he might have a, might play a team that might have an eye in the Champions League <laughs> next season. Um I think he just sort of like hinted at that. Um so I'm gonna completely contradict what I said earlier was gonna play the same team and <laughs> say that maybe maybe he will he, I think that would mean Awata McGregor and Hatate potentially. Um, with Iwata and McGregor, you know, doing that alternating thing we saw them before, where one would be the six and the other one would go as the eight. I think maybe you do that, maybe, maybe they'll both sit a bit deeper. But I think I think is the likeliest change in general. And I mentioned on Monday, I'd really like to see him start against Rangers because we've seen him be effective in all three times he's coming as a sub. Um, so I'm really curious to see whether he can have that authority for ninety minutes and. You know, we mentioned that Kobayashi, there's just questions over him at, at, at a high level, which were, you know, they were about around anyway, and maybe Tankhouse will reinforce those a bit for some people. But I think there's some of those for Owata as well to do it over 90 minutes. He's been good against Rangers when he's played, and I'm really excited about him. I thought he's had some really strong performances for us so far. But it'd be really interesting to see him, if, we, if he is to be the player we want him to be in terms of that, you know, we talk about him—the holy grail of this midfielder who can do what McGregor does, but add that defensive solidity. Tomorrow's his biggest. If he starts, that's going to be his biggest test so far. And realistically, until the um, the Rangers game in August, this is the biggest test. Well, I guess the Cup Final, but that's a, it's a different whole thing. But like, in terms of against a decent quality opposition, this is you know a real opportunity for to show him that yeah, I can be a key player for you next season in Europe
0: absolutely listen uh, you know it's a, it's a game that we've maybe not kind of been focused on this week just with you know the title celebrations last uh last weekend and, and everything and you know as i mentioned that kind of we've played them so many times recently and stuff but you know what it's it's a derby it's the chance to stick it to them once more and it's a chance to make that house of card that pack of cards come crumbling down um we will have a reaction to the game tomorrow. Um, afterwards, uh, the panel for that will be uh, Graham Mackay, Chris Armani, and Christopher Bowd. So um should be good fun for that one. And on Sunday, we've got the Celtic Roulette with myself, Barry, and uh, Alan. And then Monday, we'll have the agenda uh, back up as usual. So this has been an absolute joy. Um, enjoy the rest of your, your Friday nights. Um, Alan, pleasure as always, sir.
1: Thank you very much, boys. I'll see you in two weeks. Don't do anything stupid. Make sure there's a, a cynic to come back to and, uh, yep, I'll be listening in whenever I read.
0: Lovely stuff. Uh, enjoy your um, trip to your CSC when you go to uh, Canada. So enjoy that. Um, Keenan Devlin, uh,
2: see you on Monday. See you on Monday. Have a good trip, Alan. But before you go, can I just ask, is uh, Manelis paying his share or are you paying his entire holiday trip?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Me and Alfie need to get some time away. He's had a tough time. Um, So uh, we'll go away, we'll eat some barbecue, we'll both put on a couple of stones and then we'll get right back to it.
0: Lovely stuff. Uh, From Keenan Devlin, from Alan McGregor. Alan McGregor, Jesus (laughs) Christ!
1: right. The (laughs) Manelis joke's one thing. (laughs) I'm ah, sorry. There.
0: I am sorry. Sending right down I- the tunnel, he's
1: got to go. He's got to walk. <laughs> uh,
0: cynic, to of well. cynic of the year. of the year. Now he's a dick. Um, yeah, apologies, Alan. Jesus. Um, enjoy Canada. Um, from Alan <laughs> Edgar. From Kieran Devlin. From myself, Chris Gallagher, This has been uh, the Lunch Club preview of the Derby uh, on the Hoops, and we'll speak to you down the road.